Hey everyone, welcome back to the Life by Taylor podcast where we learn and grow together. I'll start with a little bit of a personal update because I am opening a new chapter in a new location in the world. My boyfriend and I relocated to the newest Selena location in Greece in a beautiful, beautiful place called Evia, which is basically a very big peninsula connected to the mainland of Greece by a bridge. So it's not technically an island, but it's giving island vibes. And so far, it's just been so incredible to feel reconnected to nature, coming out of summer, so feeling a lot of the spring vibes, flowers and sunshine and green grass, and it's been very healing for me. After going through my first real winter, I would say, probably in my entire life, which was, for people in Greece, wasn't even a real winter because it was relatively warm for what their winters are, but for me it was, I would say, even (laughs) semi-traumatizing. Not traumatizing, just I really felt like I'm not, it's not for me, and it was very hard for me to get through it, if I'm being honest. But anyways, we're in a new chapter. We're here from now until September, so for the whole summer season, I am the in-house wellness instructor like I was in Morocco, like I was in Austria. And yeah, I just thought I'd share because a lot of you guys live close by. It's not as far away. And if you are looking for a place to visit this summer, if you're looking for somewhere to disconnect, to reconnect with nature, be in a beautiful remote location that's not touristy at all, I highly recommend coming to visit here. Speaking of this chapter, speaking of the location and what I feel it's doing for me is it's really allowing me to focus on my deeper healing. I watched this TikTok yesterday of this woman. She's an expert on like psychology and intuition. And she was talking about how there are two types of spiritual growth, healing and leveling up. And she said some people are the people who are usually good at helping you with the healing part, the deep somatic work, the trauma work, the emotional healing are not the same people who are going to hold space for you and push you forward and help you level up. That really helped me understand something about the work that I do because I always felt like I am definitely not the type of coach that is good at the former. You know, I think that there are coaches who do that brilliantly and I've hired one recently that really has been helping me so much. But I'm definitely the coach that helps people level up, helps people go after their dreams, really fuels their ambition, reflects back to them this expansive version of themselves that can go after whatever it is that they want in life. And it also helped me realize that at this point in my life, if last year was really about leveling up, leveling up in my business and setting goals and getting more followers and more money and doing things that are much more ambitious externally, It's very clear to me that 2023 so far has been a year of deeper healing, the inside work and hiring the people who can support me on that path. So I've really stepped away from coaches that are like business coaches, and I've really been investing money and time and energy into looking at the parts of myself that I've avoided my entire life, the parts of myself that I was afraid to go into and resisted touching because I knew that there's a lot of work to be done. That being said, I'm starting to reap the benefits or, you know, experience, taste the fruits of what that work does for me and how valuable it is and how avoiding it is just not an option. 
but that it also needs to happen in the right time with the right partner in the right environment at the right age. And I feel like the stars are aligned. Everything is putting me in a place where I'm in the perfect place with the perfect person by my side with the best people that I've hired to support me to really allow this time to be all about that. Now, I've gone into many different parts of healing that I need to go into that range from body image issues to inner child healing, real inner child healing, not just the intellectual journaling about the inner child, which I did for many years, but really feeling and coming back to and integrating the cringy child and the ugly version of myself or whatever, the obnoxious version of myself, really feeling them, bringing them back in and starting to work on things like sexuality and sexual trauma and tapping into the divine feminine within myself, you know, healing the feminine in myself. So there's really a lot of different things that I've been working on since the beginning of this year. But something that I have been experiencing recently, this chapter that I'm in right now, this specific part of my journey right now feels huge. And it's been probably one of the most surprising parts of my personal development journey until now for however long it's been since I started this path of personal growth and self-development. I would say it started 15 years ago um, when my parents started getting divorced and I was looking for self-help books and things that would help me through that. But what I'm going to talk about today is something that I think people need to be aware of if they are experiencing it. And I think to an extent we all are on some level already experiencing this, but also to be prepared for the day it comes. Because I truly believe that anyone that is on a path of seeking truth on a path of living in alignment with God and love will get to a point where they realize what I'm going to talk about today. For most of my life, I would say that my entire identity has been attached to the way my dad perceives me. This is something that I talk about on here all the time. And for the first half of my adult life or, you know, young adult life, it was about pleasing my dad, being the daughter he wanted, doing the things that he wanted me to do, being the good girl, trying to not make mistakes, making him proud. But the second half of my life up until very recently has been about rebelling against that, doing the opposite. And what's happened recently has shaken my entire world to the point where I am experiencing a very big ego death and identity crisis because luckily enough for me, I got the privilege of my dad accepting me even as my rebellious self. My dad came to my lecture and embraced me as I am. He embraced my partner as he is, non-Jewish and All these things that I thought that he wouldn't like or he would judge. He accepted me. He accepted him. He accepted how I am, what I'm doing in life. And you would think that it would make me super happy and excited and relieved. However, what it revealed to me is that as much as people describe me as someone who represents freedom, a lot of times when I ask people who join my programs, people who hire me as a coach, what drew you to me? I've heard the reflection I want to be as free as you. I see freedom in you. I see how much you just live in a free way. And if you would ask me, I also thought that I was living in a state of freedom, being who I want, doing what I want. 
But when my dad fully embraced me and accepted me and showed me and I could see that it was genuine, that he loves me as I am truly. Of course, we all know that in the back of our minds and sometimes our parents' actions just don't reflect that love or are not in alignment with love. So we know theoretically that they love us, but we don't feel that love. But this time I felt the love. I felt him. I felt the warmth. I felt the acceptance. What it revealed to me is that I literally have no idea who I am when I'm really free because rebelling against my dad is also not the free version of myself. It is still reliant on him. It still goes back to him. It was still something that was in relation to how he feels about me. And that has scared the shit out of me. I've had moments in the past few weeks since my lecture where I question all parts of who I am. Do I really love my partner or did I choose someone who is the exact opposite of what my dad wanted for me because I wanted to rebel against him? Do I even feel called to spirituality and being a spiritual teacher or did I choose the profession that my dad hates the most and would disapprove of the most as an act of rebellion? What parts of my personality are built on this identity of needing to rebel against my dad or other parts that are still trying to be the daughter he wants? And I gave the analogy that I feel like the cage door was open and I'm too afraid to step out. That I'm a dolphin who has only known what it's like to live at SeaWorld. Okay, maybe I have glimpses of memory of what it felt like to be in the ocean before I was captured and put in a tank. But it happened so long ago that I don't remember what life is like in the ocean. And objectively speaking or from the outside, it's like, of course, go to the ocean. You have an opportunity. They're offering you. You can go. The ocean is better for you. The ocean is bigger. The ocean is more abundant. The ocean is where you belong. And I feel like the ocean is scary. Who am I in the ocean? What are the challenges in the ocean? What does it feel like to even be in such a big, open experience? To me, that freedom is synonymous with embracing and surrendering to the power of love. Letting go of a life built on a foundation of fear and trusting that love will be there for me, that I can change the gas that I've been running on up until now, the fuel that has fueled all of this work that I've done, all of these podcast episodes and all of the ambition. On a deep level, that fuel was fueled by fear. And I'm being told, yeah, your car will run much better. And it's better for your car and you don't need to use the fear fuel anymore. You can use this instead. Use love. And the unfamiliarity with that is frightening. And there's a lot of resistance to it. So part of embracing freedom and part of embracing this love is giving myself the freedom to also be fucking scared. To feel lost. To feel... Like everything is in question and to allow myself to question everything, to not be afraid to ask the question, do I even want to do this work or do I really want this partner to let myself really go there and choose from a place of freedom. I'm realizing now that as I'm letting go of needing to do this work, I can already see how I will do this work better when it comes from a place where I'm choosing it from freedom. 
I can already see how my relationship with my partner would improve if I let him go, not break up with him, but let him go as this like need to get revenge or in spite of someone and choose him from love. I can already see how letting go of every part of myself that I know to be true and really letting myself sit with that discomfort of the in-between stage, that vulnerable stage where the snake is shedding its skin and is in that pink flesh that is more vulnerable and more sensitive and really feels like it's more at risk of being hurt and needing to trust and have faith that the renewed skin is going to feel better and is necessary and that life is all about this. Life is all about building and dismantling identities, growing and evolving and questioning it and changing. And this is a muscle that needs to be built. This is a process that needs to be embraced if I am going to walk this path of truth. But I think the hardest part about this is that when I let go of all of the stories about my dad holding me back and my dad being the reason and my dad being the problem, I have to face myself. And I have to face how much I've held myself back. I have to face where I don't approve of myself. I have to face where I'm not letting myself be free and where I don't want true freedom. And that is painful and scary. That is just the word. It's scary as hell. And I actually had a moment recently where I cried of gratitude to God that I got the privilege and the gift of my dad loving me and accepting me so that I can face this truth. But even if he was not ever going to, even if your parent or whoever it is you're blaming or whatever story you're tied to or whatever reason you think you cannot be free, you're holding on to, even if it never changes, if it's something in the past that literally cannot be changed, you still want to get to a point where you realize that even if you could change the past and even if you could change all those people around you, you will only be left with facing yourself and that it's actually all you. So that radical accountability of the truth about what is actually holding us back from freedom is something that is not an easy journey. I'm very much in it. I'm very much in the thick of it and I'm working on it and I'm sitting with it and I'm not trying to rush into a new identity built on fear of sitting with this fear. I'm really allowing myself to just be in this in-between stage, really allow myself to explore who I am when I don't have this narrative anymore, when I don't crave my dad's approval or love anymore. Something that I actually have been doing is realizing that this is all very much stored in my body. And in addition to working with my phenomenal coach, Sophie, I've also been leaning on tools like breathwork. And one of the ways that I've been doing it is through the Othership app, which I talk about a lot. The Othership app, they have some very long breathwork experiences, but also short ones on releasing fear, letting go of shame, sitting with fear, sitting with discomfort that have been really, really helpful. When I start to freak out, when I start to get way too in my head 
and I'm happy to share which exercises in particular I use if anyone wants to like reach out to me for it. But for any of this work where you really want to move things through your body, I highly, highly recommend adding breathwork to your toolkit. Having it as a tool in your toolbox is so powerful and so effective in so many areas of life. And you can try it for free. You can use the link in my podcast description or DM me and I'm happy to answer questions on this, but I highly, highly recommend trying it. But going back to this idea or this truth that being a victim is easier, having someone to blame, having something to blame is easier. And every single one of us is carrying a list of reasons, a list of reasons why one person saying they're too tall, one person saying they're too short, one person saying they got too much love, one saying they didn't get enough. We're all carrying this list of reasons why we cannot be liberated. And I hope for you that you get a chance in life to see how much those limitations are illusions. But even if you don't, I want you to sit with the hypothetical reality where all of those things are gone, all of those things don't exist anymore, and really let yourself feel what I'm feeling right now. Do I really want it? Where am I resisting it myself? Where am I actually afraid of it? Where am I resisting it? Where in my body do I feel that I'm not ready to actually surrender into this freedom, into love? And I saw a beautiful thing today on Instagram that said, this woman was talking about how she's asking herself the question, how can I love to surrender to love today? How can I love to surrender to love today? It's just hit me so deep because One thing that my coach recommended for me is tailor in small, simple, godly moments and simple moments where you can connect to all living things, where you can connect back to source, even if it's just for a few seconds of pleasure, a few seconds of presence, delight in that, surrender even for a few seconds. What's helped me with that is getting out of my head, of course, going for walks, even playing games has helped me, playing pool or fishing, trying to fish and catch any fish, but just putting myself in a moment where I'm fully in that moment for just a small moments where I just feel like I'm coming back where I can really just like taste the ocean. It's almost like I'm getting an opportunity to just put my toe in and start to tap into it, feel into it so that it starts to become less and less scary. So I just want to remind you all that This path is not the easy path in life. And the more I walk it, the more challenging it gets in many ways because I'm inviting more truth, more illusions that are just dissolving in front of my eyes that really make me question, like, would life be easier if I just decided, nope, I'm not going to go there? (laughs) Probably. And I'm going to be honest and say that I've had these for the past like few weeks since the event moments where I have these intrusive thoughts that make me feel like I want to run away, shave my head, break up with my boyfriend, shut down my business and move to the jungle, which is just like symbolic to me for how much I feel like I'm being reborn. 
But I also realize that that's not the only way to be reborn. I don't have to escape anything. I can sit with this and I can change and I can evolve and what's true will last, what's true will survive it. If me becoming more of myself threatens my relationship, then my relationship isn't rooted in truth. And if me becoming more of my true self threatens my business, then my business was not meant for me in the form that it was taking now. It will only refine things. So I'm walking this path with fear, but I'm walking it with faith that that what is true cannot be threatened, that love is the only thing that's real. And if I commit to that love and I commit to that truth, I will only be in a place that's more for me and that it will feel better. It will be more aligned. Even the same relationship can feel different when you are being true to yourself and the person loves you and not a version of yourself that is rooted in fear and and scarcity and anxiety and this desire to please and prove something to people. So that's really what I have on my heart to share with you guys. But I'm also sitting here and as I'm recording, I'm looking at the book, A Course in Miracles, which I'm slowly dabbling into and starting to study because I feel like there's just profound wisdom in this book. And I feel called to kind of flip a page open and just place my finger somewhere and read from it to you guys. It may be related to this podcast episode. It may not. Let's do this. I'm going to flip it open live. I promise I'm not going to change the page or anything. I really do believe in this. So let's see what the spirit has to say to us all, to anyone listening to this. So I'm definitely not an expert on A Course in Miracles, and I don't even fully perhaps understand the deeper interpretation of what I'm about to read to you guys, but I have to say that it's pretty wild to me that I opened it on chapter 28, which is titled The Undoing of Fear. Okay, exactly what we spoke about today. And just just to give you some um, idea of how crazy that is, like it doesn't actually mention the word fear in any other chapter from what I see here. And let me tell you where my finger was pointed exactly. I'm going to read it to you. I think each person will have a different interpretation of it. I'll do my best to explain my own initial interpretation of it, but I will also take time to understand it more deeply from teachers and people who break this this text down because I feel like you have to really understand other things in this text to get it on a deeper level. But let's just take it and see how we interpret it. So my finger landed on this paragraph. Nothing at all has happened but that you have put yourself to sleep and dreamed a dream in which you were an alien to yourself and but a part of someone else's dream. Sounds pretty relevant to what we spoke about, if you ask me. Um, Just the concept that, you know, you have put yourself into an illusion that you were alien to yourself and but a part of someone else's dream. The miracle does not awaken you, but merely shows you who the dreamer is. It teaches you there is a choice of dreams while you are still asleep, depending on the purpose of your dreaming. Do you wish for dreams of healing or for dreams of death? A dream is like a memory in that it pictures what you wanted shown to you. Now, like I said, I think I have to give this a little bit more thought and give it some more of my time and really meditate on what this means. But overall, it seems like it's saying that you are the dreamer and you decide what dream you are dreaming. 
And you have to understand that you are the dreamer in order to do that, that it's not in anyone else's hands and it's not something that's outside of your control. Pretty on point and pretty divine. Well, that is all I have for this week's episode. I promise to share more of this journey as I read and study and learn and grow through this experience. I want to thank every single one of you listening to this episode and remind you that if you enjoyed this podcast episode, it is beyond helpful to screenshot it and post it on your story, tag me, maybe send it to someone or forward this episode to someone who you think needs to hear it. But again, I think with the more heavy topics, you have to be gentle with how you share truth. Always be mindful that people need to be ready and open and invited in or else it can also do harm and hurt people. So that's also important. Don't just send it when you think of someone who needs to hear this because this is a pretty tough one. I want to say thanks again. I love you all and I will be back next week.